It's 2020. It's Mother's Day. We're in the middle of a pandemic. John and I wanted to call our moms. Here's a special bonus episode of Bungalower and the Bus where we interview the most important ladies in our lives. Well, John's married, but you you get one. On the dinky, 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 dinky ride. Hello. Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? I can. <laughs> we got this. We're so good. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> Thank you for doing this. <sighs> <laughs> I know how hard it is for you to share things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to stay up for this. <laughs> you got this. You can do what? Were you going to have a nap? No, no, no. Just stay up. I mean, up. You know, oh, upbeat. Not beat. Yes. Upbeat. Okay. Well, you know, feel what you're feeling. I'm not here to. <laughs> you don't have to. Well, I don't want to be a. I don't want to be a downer interview. <laughs> you won't be. You're going to be amazing. Oh yeah. You're going to be amazing. So, Carolyn O'Connor, you're my mom. I am. You've been my mom for 37 years. I guess we oh, should say God. 38. <laughs> <laughs> you're pretty amazing. All wonderful, all wonderful years. Yes, they they have been. Can't. Uh, well, oh, go ahead. I just I just I can't believe you're that old. <laughs> <laughs> I can't either. That's ridiculous. I drink a lot of water though. Yeah, there. <laughs> I do a lot of squats. I do. Oh my gosh, I haven't done my squats yet today. Oh. I should do extra ones because I polished off those jam squares you taught me how to make the other day. <laughs> yep 20 20 extras 20 extra okay done thanks thanks boss <laughs> mom how old were you when you had me i was around 24 years old that's impossible a baby just a baby and you had already had patrick i did at about 23 you guys were close, we close were together. I almost irish twins they say right <laughs> right <laughs> um and then you but you're American. I mean, U.S. citizen, yes, as well as a Canadian citizen. And then, but you moved up. Let's tell that story. So, like, you're in Sault Ste. Marie now, but you were, you grew up in Wilmette, right? Outside Chicago? Wilmette, Illinois. Yes, the suburb of Chicago. Beautiful. Um, and I was going to Michigan State University, which is in East Lansing. And in my junior year, a very good friend of mine, Julie Schubert, and I decided to do a uh, backpacking trip. And we were to go to Nova Scotia, Cape Breton, uh, to hike that trail. And when I got to her house to, on, on the road to setting out, uh, we suddenly realized how far away it was. <laughs> <laughs> And that it you was went for closer? Yeah, it was like we only had a week to do all of this, and it was going to take us two and a half days to drive <laughs> there and two and a half days to drive back. Uh, so that was kind of silly. So her father suggested that we go north along Lake Superior. So long story short, that's what we did with no information, I might add. <laughs> Adventurous. 
we just were on adventure and uh, pulled into Agawa Indian Crafts, which was at that time located in Montreal River Harbor, um, gas station and, and uh, craft store, all sorts of all sorts of stuff in there. Rabbit feet, moccasins and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, real tourist draw. So yeah. anyway, we stopped in there and the owner directed us to go across the street because he didn't have any information on the park. <laughs> Uh, he directed us to go. So impossible to me. Like, how do you not have any information on the park? Sorry. Um, yeah, they would now. Yeah. <laughs> so he directed me across the street to the Texaco station. So after we bought gas from Mr. Demers, <laughs> went to the Texaco station, and uh, there was Mike O'Connor, who had been a warden in Lake Superior Park for a few years and so had all sorts of information and maps uh, on the park and gladly shared them with two young ladies. So, <laughs> a lonely gas station attendant. Exactly. Yeah, and he was handsome. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You noticed. Yeah, I guess I did, yes. <laughs> so then you we went backpacking. We went and had our adventure and then uh, returned the maps on the way back and met his dad at the time who was visiting. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and uh, we both had a shower in his outdoor shower behind the, the gas station uh, to clean up. <laughs> Fancy. Uh, so end of a real, real adventure. But then he invited us to go come back and cross country skiing because he, in the winter, worked at Quagama Lake Lodge, which is at mile 118 and a half, I forget exactly, uh, on the eight Algoma Central Railway. Which is like a you, uh, It was the, yes, a freight train. So you would. But also a taxi service, right? Well, yes, taxi service, I guess, yes. It would have passenger service as well. So you get on there, you to take the train and get basically dropped off in the middle of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> like in a snow drift. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Have fun, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> like you must have really, I don't understand that impact that one meeting could have, you know? But you had become pen pals in between that visit, right? Well, yeah, we kept in, kept in touch. And uh, had you kissed or something? No, not not no. at that point. No, no. You just thought uh, he was cute, got his address, and then you, did you write him first, or did he write you first? I don't remember. You don't remember? No, honestly. I bet. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I just want to know. I just wonder about those things. You know, like that spark of something happened. So then you liked them. You were, yeah. it's the end of school. Well, he had, he, he also, I was at the time thinking that I wanted to live in the country after, uh -huh. after university. And I wanted to, you know, wouldn't it be neat to live in a log cabin? I had a, a um, Siberian Husky. Um, so was ready for the outdoor life. And there I met this guy who lived in a log cabin on Lake Superior, had two dogs. One was a Siberian Husky and was cute and was cute on top of the top of it. Seemed and single. Like, seemed like a pretty dream <laughs> situation. <laughs> so, so you I went, went for and, it. Yes. And, he invited, 
he basically invited me to come up and help. He had, for that summer after my graduation, he was flagging the trail in Pakistan National Park. So he invited me to come to live that summer with him, but also to work, to be a volunteer as he did the work up in Pakistan. And wow. boy, that, it was an amazing summer. It was pretty neat. I have never seen so many flies in my life. Black <laughs> flies, mosquitoes. Oh my God. But it sounds so romantic now, you know. It was just beautiful country. Oh, it was amazing country. And uh, yeah, just beautiful. We lived and raw, here. just like raw northern wilderness, right? Yes, very much so. Wow. Okay. Well, then, and you moved up, and then what was it like to have a baby? <laughs> it was uh, uh, definitely a change in life, but uh, I really, most of my life, didn't really want kids. I didn't think I wanted kids. So uh, not that I, you know, was trying not to have kids. Obviously, I didn't not try. <laughs> um, <Okay. laughs> but uh, so happy that it worked out that way, because I, I just love you two to bits. I love that. So what was it like to have me as a baby? What was I like? You were a big baby. I was a big baby. How, big, how big was I when I was born? You were nine pounds. Woo! <laughs> that is and, huge. And 20 inches. I mean, you're oh 20 gosh. inches long. You're a big baby, but a happy baby. You're actually, you're both very, very happy babies. They, um, but I was happier. <laughs> well, I remember some of the pictures that we have when you're just tiny, you were like a little Buddha. <laughs> well, I just you're shaved both, my head, so that's fitting. You're, you're both breastfed, so and you gained weight really well. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody likes a fat baby. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. How I so, love, I love it. And then as a toddler, I just remember being happy and well fed all the time. No, yeah, you were. You're both. I mean, they they talk about boys being naughty and rambunctious and and busy and. You guys weren't like that at all. Uh, both of you were just, you were happy. You were up for adventures. You uh, um, loved arts. Um, you loved reading. You not, not as much as Patrick, but we got that changed, which was fun. I, I was happy, happy about that. I didn't need um, to read to myself because you were always reading to me. <laughs> and you did voices. If you weren't such a good voice actor, I wouldn't have. I probably would have picked up a book earlier. So it's all your fault. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> used to read us those Brian Jack's Redwall series. Yes. Like the talking animals. Oh, man. Yes, the moss. The, the, moss uh, flower. Moss flower. But uh, I was trying to think of the moles. <laughs> <laughs> go rum, rum, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. How many, how many road trips did those eat up, you know? Oh, gosh, a lot. I love that. <laughs> do you ever, do you remember a story of, like, me getting into trouble or anything when I was younger? Besides telling tall tales or, <laughs> was there ever a moment that sticks out? Just, just what I taught, 
you know, I, I, I don't like lying, right? Yeah. Uh, and that, and you had a tendency, you got into, you developed a tendency to lie. And uh, so we had to try to kibosh that, um, which I was happy that I, I think you have. <laughs> You've got that under control. <laughs> <laughs> it was a weird habit, right? Puberty. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I actually, I don't like it now either. And so, and I actually heard you in my voice not too long <laughs> ago saying, I just don't like people lying to me because just tell me the truth. And, right. I, and we can work from there, but I don't, don't lie to me because that's the worst. And the other aspect was owning up to your actions, you know, and that's where, you know, when, when you're kids, that's what happens when you lie, right? Is that, oh, I didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick did that. Sure. <laughs> no, learn, learn. And it's, it's really hard. And, and a lot of adults can't do it, but learn to own up to your actions accept it embrace it apologize mm -hmm. and le then learn from it and move on it's no, no big deal that's how we learn you know so. dad is a genetic genetically predisposed storyteller you know and in and we've talked about this before his father was the same way so it's a it's a a habit nah, maybe that's a i don't want to cop out that's an excuse i feel like there's people in our lives though in our family that that are like that so yes well I, right? that's, it's human nature you want to you know you you want to lean into fiction well, you, you want to protect yourself you're embarrassed if you get caught doing something so mm -hmm. the, the the initial reaction is to say that you didn't do it or whatever but yeah. uh but how do you grow that's right i mean and it, yeah. what's going to happen I mean, you have to own up that there are repercussions, but you'll be a better person. Yeah. So that's the way that I'm like dad, but is there a way that I'm like you? I know this is a tough question for you. Uh, well. What do we have in common, mom? Your laugh. Uh-huh. Your genes. You have 50% <laughs> of my genes. <laughs> good genes. Good genes. Uh, um. I think maybe your worth work ethic, you know, because I I feel that I'm I'm a generally a hard worker, and you're definitely a hard worker. Oh my god! Um, Sometimes at my expense. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Are you I, like that? Uh, no. I I dis yeah. I disagree. <laughs> I know. I, I remember times where you, like, you run a <laughs> summer festival for the Rotary Club in Sault Ste. Marie, and there were times where you would go so hard during the festival for years in a row, and you would get sick after every summer festival just because you went so hard. Well, I think that comes with the job. I mean, you have to, I mean, anyway. No, it's, an, it's you. It's the way I'm you're not, interpreting that job. I, it's not all the time. I'm not all the time like that. I do have downtime. So I realize that with this job, I have, there are times when I have to give her and that's just the way it is. Um, Get, give her is such a Northern thing to say too. Give her. You just gotta <laughs> give her. <laughs> <laughs> 
but uh, but you know I know other people you know uh, that mm -hmm. do that all the time and that's what's hard on your body I mean if I, I have an ebb and flow to my stress levels sure. and and I'm hopefully used to that right whereas if somebody's just pounding being pounded by stress all the time that's where that's where it's bad for your health yeah I learned that I guess two years two years ago good right you just go hard I thought it was smart to go hard for a year with the idea that then I could do something else later but it, it just doesn't end you just get used to being in stress all the time and then uh go ahead Oh, I was just gonna say, and then has an effect on your body and your health and oh, yeah. how long and how long will it take to make that better? Right. And that's a struggle now, right? Breaking those cycles, breaking the way you eat and the way that you've you've come to associate with food and activity. Uh yeah, that's tough. That's that's something I'm well, still trying to break. Well that a lot of that you learned from us. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I mean it's like a northern habit of of hunkering down, you know. I don't know about northern. I don't know about northern. Can't blame it on the north. It didn't necessarily eat well. Anyway, I'm eating a lot of carbs right now during this pandemic. I'll tell you that, and I should not be. Stop! Stop! I can't! I can't! I got my sourdough starter. I'm making crackers later. Ooh! I know. See, look. See, you say that, but it, you want to have those crackers. Well, yeah, I do. I'm the bread. I'm, you know. Yeah. And what did yeah. I make yesterday? I made chocolate brownies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's another way that we're similar because I like that. Like there's a comfort in there's a comfort in cooking something for yourself, and and that's something that I that's a fond memory I have of you is. is and I have um, and I have of my mom and and of my grandmother and yeah. And oh, <laughs> and, and there's a way of like while we're doing that while you're doing that action that I like I think about granny if I'm gonna make chocolate peanut butter balls I've done that once but like if I or I, I'll think of you if I'm making molasses cookies yeah definitely yeah they're they're wonderful memories yeah so is there a way that I'm not like you um Is it my costumes? <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely don't dress up. You have? <laughs> Not much. No. <laughs> That's too tough. We could go on to another one. Well, you like, I think I said the last time you, you like hot weather. <laughs> I and I really don't. It's just something I'm put up with. Oh, okay. Or, yeah, I'm not a heat guy uh the other was, thing oh, oh go ahead i was just saying the other thing i had said uh was that um i i tend to be more stoic and i think you're more out outwardly positive right and we and i've asked you before if that's like a learned stoicism because i feel i i'm not always positive but like when i'm in public or engaging with people i am happy to be talking to people but there's a, there's a there's I find as I get older, I enjoy solitude much more, which is why this pandemic isn't super hard for me to stay at home because I like privacy and I don't always want to be on. <laughs> is that, is, and do you think, because I've seen I, pictures of you when you were younger and I have memories of you 
being the center of attention at parties and, and oh like, not much but but i you know i did enjoy um i did enjoy yeah no i i i have a part of me that would love just to be a hermit uh right. so it's kind of interesting um and, i love it yeah <laughs> well you know if you have a place where you can be a hermit that you love <laughs> you know <I> mean, <laughs> We have a lot, you know, love our spots yeah. and uh, and our lifestyle, and so yeah. Like, there's uh, a part of me that obviously needs to be liked, maybe even adored, right? <laughs> and, and I and I milk that because my ego needs it. But then the majority of me can't deal with the flip side of that and people not liking me, right? And so that comes with public life. Um, and people and having an audience and I so I hear you man and I wonder if stoicism is a way of dealing with that as you get older yeah maybe yeah just you know you there well it's just less highs and lows right you just kind of plow plow you know oh, I suppose like a steady yeah steady somebody actually called me years ago a steady eddy <laughs> uh, you kind yeah. of are. I've seen you in crisis situations and when you're leading the charge in events and like, like you're a rock in a storm, man. When there's, when there's things happening around you, I used to love watching you at the summer festival and, and everybody's coming up to ask you questions, right? And then you'd always have an answer. If you didn't, you'd take a minute and give them the best answer in the moment. And that was, I loved watching you do that. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I think, well, that's what a thing to look up to. And that's, you know, dad's jobs were always out in the bush and mostly solo and, and, and just kind of like he's a goes where the west wind takes him. And then yours was always very like, I don't know, measured and uh, and just well thought out. Just very two different ways. Well, of and it, and they, it ha you know, I had to be that as well. Like my dad was that when... You know, he, he, he loved his family and his job was to provide for his family. And that, those are the choices. Well, those are the, that's the reasoning he used when he made choices about work. I mean, he, that, it was, right. it was about providing for his family. So he was, my mom and dad provided um, rock solid foundation for us uh, and really a privileged upbringing to um so anyway that that was my background wanting to bring to this family and so is that pressure then that sounds like a lot of pressure so like you're coming into then this relationship with an older man who has uh you know more f fluid job things happening because he's an archaeologist one day and another days he's you know landscaping so it's very I, intermittent uh job environment did you feel pressure then to step forward to be a main breadwinner because you because you had that image of parents as pro providers well it was certainly important to me did i feel more pressure i guess ultimately it is pressure i don't know whether i f can say that i felt pressured it's just that uh, um i certainly always needed to have a job you know there was right. i wanted we needed the income to come in so i wanted to make sure i had I never took a job that I didn't want, 
you know, just because I needed a job. I'm not saying that, um, but it was uh, always kind of in the back of the, or my mind that, you know, if we wanted certain things, then I needed to keep working and, per, and even to come down to providing you guys, you know, a steady schedule, you know, that was my job, you know, cause your dad would fly in, fly out. You'd be off on an adventure and, you know, he wouldn't necessarily remember to give you a meal, <laughs> so, but that wasn't, whereas I was, no, no, we have to have a schedule, you know, so th th that was, that was what I brought to the table and, uh, and uh, as well as other things, but. Uh, Do you miss uh, those adventures? Do I miss the adventures? Yeah, well, I still, young, I still... young, young Carolyn, pre-babies, pre you know, you were, you went on an adventure and found a man with a husky and you know you're <laughs> hopping on trains and stuff is there is there an element of that that you miss no because really at this point i could still do that yeah in fact i have more ability maybe to do it and in, in some senses if i didn't have dogs um and and like i remember a few years ago when i i had a dog that i was showing and uh mike was busy most of the summer doing archaeology and it was like you know what? I haven't seen some of the province. I'm going to go adventuring to dog shows. And it was there, you know, I just slept in the, in my van or in a tent and uh, went to places that, you know, far reaches of the province that I hadn't been to and uh, just did it myself and um, met neat people and, uh, and competed. Yeah. And competed. Um, so it was, I can still do adventures. I love that. I don't miss I don't miss adventures because I can I can still do them when I want to. On your own terms. Yeah. Well, that's what I want to hear. <laughs> you know, you worry about that as a as a worry ward of a son in today's world. You know, you worry about things that your parents may have sacrificed. Strong word. Uh, in that transition to become a parent, and. Uh, and put things on hold. Is there anything that you'd do differently if you could talk to younger you? No, I, I, I don't go there. No, you know, I, I, I don't go there because it's um, sure there are a lot of things that I would do differently, but the fact that I did them make, make, makes me the person I am today. And, um, so I just, I accept that I did them. I learned from the fact that I did them and maybe wouldn't do them again and uh, hopefully be a better person. Is there, so you moved up young, young age in your twenties to Canada. Are, are there women or, or motherly figures that stand out to you as role models through the years? Uh, I, I wouldn't, I'm, Okay, role model maybe you know strong, but I, you know I had people who I looked up to and who provided influences, positive influences for me, I should say. Um, you know, first my mom and dad, not just female, but my mom and dad. As I said, they they worked really hard to give their family a, a happy and a full life, and um, and that provided a role model for me to do with my family. So. Um, very thankful for that. Um, then if 
you know, I, I came from a science background at university. So when I came up here and all of a sudden I have to work in business, I, I had no business experience. Um, right. So ended up as in a financial position. Well, first you were managing, you yeah, managed, as a manager at the ski lodge. Correct. For that was for nine years. So um, and killed it. Like you were winning well, awards. Well, we, we did well um, with, you know, as a team, <laughs> uh, Chuck Peterson's leadership, as well as his money, uh, your dad's experience with trail grooming and uh, his, his expertise with, with dealing with people, you know, the storyteller, you know, providing that um, atmosphere, right, that people love, uh, especially when they're you, there are U.S. citizens coming to Canada. You know, the whole aspect of being met in a parking lot with a dog team to bring your luggage up, you know, sets, a stand, sets the standard right from the moment they arrive, right? Um, yeah, so I, through Stokely, I, you know, I met Ruth Ogawa, who was actually from Petoskey, and um, she provided incredible support and, and then also educational opportunities for me to to grow uh, you know she had me come down to the hospital where she worked uh, and I got to watch films at that time not even videos um, of on business you know for uh, to to learn things about you know what to do with um, well just about about business right um, I worked under Helen Gillespie when I was at Canadian Shield Spring Water Company, and uh, she provided business acumen as well as just as a human being, a, a, you know, a good human being. I, I really like Helen. Um, how to treat people well. And in, then, a leadership, um, in a leadership position or just as, as a person? As a person as well as a leader, because she was my boss. Uh, right. But... Um, and then another woman in the business world and in the Sioux was, was Candy Mitchell. And I just loved her for her overall enthusiasm for life and as well as her business expertise. And then, um, then there was Phyllis, uh, Phyllis Burrell-Leak, who was our chef at Stokely, who was important um, as well as far as... Um, learning about how the kitchen should function, but just as, a, again, as a person and, and as a friend. Uh, and she loved you guys. I think all of these, I loved her too. And, and I, the, I had the, I guess, opportunity, or I don't want to say blessing, but it, it felt like a blessing to go back there as a young teenager for my first job, like real first job, and then work in the kitchen with Phyllis on it right periodically uh right. yeah and that was so cool for that. i don't know there was like a retouching a re-coming home moment and going back to that lodge um and then having her there as a touchstone and then all of these women that you've mentioned these lessons i just want to it's i think somehow they kind of trickled down to your kids because as you were learning those things i think you were also putting them into effect at home in some way because they all of those things sound like things the ways that i would describe you oh just so you know 
<laughs> is there a memory of your mom that you like to revisit since she's passed? I would love to go back to Walloon. Um, Walloon Wall Lake. Yeah. Right, in Michigan. Yeah, and that so was a vacation they used to lead? Yes, yeah, a family vacation where she got my siblings and all the cousins together. And that was the whole purpose was so that we would, that the cousins could get to know each other. She, my mom was, we were all over the place and my mom was, and dad were concerned that they would ne really never get to know each other. So uh, she brought us, they brought us together at this beautiful spot. Michigan was, it was just lovely. And um, everybody was so happy. You know, it was just, uh, you guys were out catching frogs and <laughs> yeah. playing on the golf course or in the inner tube on the lake and mom and dad were just happy watching it all, you know, happy seeing us all come together. Drinking vodka. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Is there anything that you wish you'd ask them when they were still with us that you didn't get to ask? Like you and I have this great opportunity. We're, we've always been very open, you and I. Not always, but most of the most of our lives, we, we've had kind of a no filter way to talk to each other. I think, um, and and we're still able to talk. And 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 you've been so gracious through this for me to be able to ask you these questions. But like, is there anything that you wish that you could have asked them? Um, I wish. I mean, you know, because I'm older and I care more about this stuff, but it's just more about their inner feelings. Right. Um, we talked, you know, we often talked about ancestors and who lived where and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I, I really would like to go back and talk to them how they really felt about things. Um, and then, especially when my dad was alive about when he was dying. Um, I would love to go back and spend time with him at that time again, but mo more present now that, you know, new with the knowledge that he's dying. Right. Uh, and, and realizing how special these moments are. Cause he was fairly cognizant up to the moment he passed. Right. And then, he was totally cognizant. Yeah. yeah versus gr granny who was having some issues at the end. Well, nothing that affected her her mind other than she had a type of Parkinson's but that didn't it wasn't affecting her thinking right but her emotional state well she was on she was unhappy being in the place that she was and yeah. and not being on her own I mean it was it's it's just this you know like so I have a question for you that you know is coming about like what would your funeral look like when you pass because that's a tough question to ask and nothing you want to know but then but I think I want to also add to it like what do you what do you want those last days to be like mom if you're do you want to be in a home do you want to be with us like sky's the limit what what's no. an ideal what's an ideal situation for you well, the ideal situation is to not be a burden to anybody, period, uh, and to have independence. Um, but it, you know, it all depends on what's happening, <laughs> you know, 
Am I yeah. physically able to take care of myself? Um, what kind of meds am I on? Um, am I in pain? Do I have a, you know, am I altogether in my mind? You know, I, I just, bottom line, don't want to be a burden financially or emotionally. Is that something that you're carrying with you after seeing the process with your parents? Or is that something that you've just always wanted? Well, I, I don't think I've always wanted it because you don't really think about this right. <laughs> until it happens to you. Um, so yeah, I've seen, I've seen my parents die and um, so then you start thinking, okay, well, what would I want? And the best case scenario is for me to die in my sleep and just not <laughs> be a burden to anybody. Yeah. So being a, being a burden seems to be. Oh yeah. That's first that's and a, foremost. Yeah. Okay. First and I've seen you actively take steps like since, since granny and granddad died, I you know, like the culling of possessions that you no longer wanted around you, you know, like clean, cleaning your house, uh, which I'm sure was cathartic in the sense of you're just getting rid of superfluous, you know, crud uh, that you no longer need in the house. But I, I, I'm sure there is also like an emotional side to it of, of preparing yourself or preparing, making it easier on your family and people yeah. leave behind, right? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I had to pack up my parents twice, once from the house to go to their apartment, and then the apartment to the, uh, the home. And so you go, you know, I didn't do it totally myself, I'm not suggesting that. Um, but you know, you, you go through that process. And it's like, uh, wow, we have a lot of stuff, stuff. <laughs> yeah. So it just makes you think, now, that stuff has, has emotional uh, anchors attached to them. So it's, it's hard sometimes to get to cut that anchor. Um, but it really needs to be done. Uh, and I've, I've got more to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. So, and then funeral, we're, gonna, we're talking about cremation, right? That's what you want? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I actually had thought at one point in time that you should take my ashes and, and put them in little containers. And then your and, and Patrick's job would be to take those on adventures that you'd want to go on. Hopefully, this is if I had a whole lot of money I could leave you to. So that we could pay for, <laughs> your, could pay for these trips. And you would then go, your adventure would be you know, to eventually oh my spread my ashes all over different places on adventures that, but you guys got to take adventures too. That is beautiful and selfless and amazing. And I'm trying not to cry. That's wow. What a, what a gift. Do that. Well, don't Just hold your breath. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make, you and me and McDonald's is where we're going. At least make it a local 
restaurant. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'd have to. I'd get. I'd get in trouble if I ate at a chain, especially right yeah. now. <laughs> That's funny. Go to a local farm and spread me out in the cow manure. <laughs> oh, no, much better. We'll bring you somewhere. You don't like beaches though, so I can't bring you to a lake. No. <laughs> no. I can't swim. No, I can't. So I never went over the we got heavy, but let's go over some basics and then I'll let you go. So like what's your favorite color? Blue. What's your favorite food? You know, that changes. Um I don't really have one. At all? No. Okay. I'm not judging. I shouldn't judge. <laughs> I didn't expect that. You couldn't even say butter or bread or something? <laughs> no, I like them. You know, there are a lot of things I yeah. like. And I use, I, there would have been a time where I would have said chocolate, anything chocolate, but that's not the, that's not the case anymore. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot, no, I, I, there's not, okay. no one thing. What, do you have a favorite song? No. Do you, I don't know. Do, what's your favorite animal? Oh, it's a dog. A dog. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're done, mom. We're done. Let's <laughs> see. It's been a pleasure having you as a mom. Oh, well, as if you had a choice. <laughs> if I did, I, I'd like to think that before I was downloaded as your baby, I got to choose. That, Maybe I, yes. ch I chose you somewhere. That would be very cool. Yeah. Uh, but thank you. Yeah. You've been you've been great. Well, I love you. I love you. I love Patrick. Um, I love He's you. okay. I love you. I love you lots. <laughs> no, I love you more. Thank you for doing this interview. No, no problem. All right, I'll talk to you soon because I I'll be trying to cook that sourdough bread and I don't know how to do it. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm going into town now. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. I love you much. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. So I am here with my mom. Well, my mom's not here. She's actually up in Michigan where I grew up and we're doing this via Skype. And so uh, Brendan actually created a list of questions about moms and mothers just for Mother's Day. And so I'm going to go through some of these questions with my mom. How are you doing, mom? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Good. I should mention my mom's name is Rita, but I don't call her Rita. I call her mom. And so uh, everything's good up in Michigan, though, mom? Everything's wonderful. The, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty chilly day, but it's pretty nice out. Okay. Are you staying inside because of COVID-19? Yes. Yes. Only go out for my daily walks. Okay. All right. But you got a face mask, right? Every now and yes. you wear a face mask? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. All right, so here, here's the first question of our special Mother's Day edition of Bungalow and the Bus. The first question is, how old were you when you had me? I was 36. 36, all right. I am 30, I'll be 38 this year, I think. Yeah, I'll be yeah. 38 this year. So I'm yeah. older than you were when you had me. Yes, correct. You okay. were my third child. Third kid. I, I am the youngest. I am the baby. There's. A, I have an older brother and an older sister, one of whom my sister lives in Toronto and my brother lives in Las Vegas and I'm down here in Florida. And so, and so my, when you had me, where did we live? We lived in Rochester, Michigan, in Rochester, Michigan. 
Okay, and that's north of Detroit, but I grew up south of Detroit in Woodhaven, which is a suburb of Detroit. Why, why did we end up moving to Woodhaven? Well, because all my family and your dad's family all lived in Ohio, and our parents were getting older, so we thought that Woodhaven was kind of a midway point from Ohio to to come up to see us, and and we were living north of Rochester, north of. Uh, in the Pontiac area, really, but we decided we didn't like the public schools in Pontiac at that time, and I had two other kids that were going to be going to school, so we moved down here where we were closer, basically closer to our family, because we're only about, what, two miles from I-75? Yeah, which is, yeah. pretty close to the interstate, and so we can right. get you all pretty quickly. You mentioned dad, uh, my dad, Dave, uh, your husband passed away in 2013, um, but we we all live there as a family in Woodhaven. And you mentioned you're from Ohio. Uh, Dad was from Ohio. Um, wh where did you meet Dad, and, and why did you choose him to be your husband? Oh, this is a good story. This is a good story. Um, I was about 20, and my sister and I and my cousin we were we worked in the Toledo area. But it was a Friday night, and we were going to go to. We went to a movie or something, and then we stopped at this bar, which was uh, on our way home, and there was a bunch of guys in there, and, and uh, we knew one of the guys there, and he asked us to sit at the table with him, so we sat down. Well, there was various people sitting around the table, and we all got introduced, and um, they all decided they were going to go back to this one guy's house to play cards, and they asked us to come back and play cards with them. Well, I don't play cards. So your dad, yeah. so your dad asked me if I wanted to uh, go outside because this guy lived in a trailer because he had to go to National Guard meeting the next day, and he asked if um, I wanted to uh, go outside and help him polish his shoes. Well, that was just a big come on, and I said no, thank you, and I think we left. But then I never saw him for about six months, and I ran into him again at the same bar. And it was the night before Sweetest Day. So he came up and we chatted a bit. And then he asked me who was sending me flowers. I said, probably nobody. He said, well, I'll send you flowers. So the next day, Saturday morning, it was a, it was a cool, chilly Saturday morning. And he drives in the driveway with this big white car. I mean, it was, it was like a mile long, but it was a big brand new, I think it was a Plymouth. And it was huge. And he comes to the door and he knocks at the door and I go down. I answered the door. Well, the night before I had um, I did not have my glasses on. I wore contacts at that time, but it was Saturday morning. So I didn't have them in because I wasn't working. And I answered the door and he and his face just dropped like, who is this person? I don't yeah. remember <laughs> seeing this chick the night before. So he but he but when he pulled in the driveway, I lived on a farm. So my dad was outside doing, I think he was loading corn into a corn crib or something. So he kind of snuck up to the house. Cause, and he ended up staying because my mom had come home from the grocery store and she invited him for lunch. She didn't even she yeah. didn't know him. She invited him <laughs> for lunch, but we were having perch for lunch. And that's one of my, one of your dad's favorite was perch. So he stayed 
and had lunch with us that day, did the dishes, and then he asked me out that night. And he did bring me one red rose, so I, I did get a flower for sweetest day. Oh, wait, so, and you went out that night with it? We went out that night to a movie, and he said, well, what would you like to see? And I said, well, I think I'd like to see, uh, it was a Barbara Streisand movie. It was uh, with flowers. I can't remember the name of it right now, but it was a Barbara Streisand movie. And he said, oh, sure, I'd like to go see that. Well, come to find out. A couple of dates later, he had already seen that movie about two days before, and he didn't like it then, and he didn't like it when I saw him. But but we did have a lot in common, so it was kind of funny. And he he was a big Elvis Presley fan. I liked Elvis Presley. And then we went to dinner at a Chinese restaurant. Well, I never had Chinese, so it was a real treat to have Chinese food. So so that that was the beginning. And from there, he was always he was around. I think he. He always brought flowers. He always brought me nice gifts. He was a good guy. He was a good guy. And when did you get uh, from your first date to when you got married? How long was that? Uh, about two years. Two years. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. And, I, and I came and I, along. Oh, go ahead. No, I said our anniversary is uh, May the 20, 25th. So mm-hmm. I, we, we would have been married 47 years this year. Oh. Ah, huh. Yeah. And so I came along. Much later, a few years Much later. later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was I like as a baby? Oh, you were so cute. You were you well see, you were four years younger than Andrew and seven years younger than Stephanie. So they were kinda, you know, Andrew was going to preschool, Stephanie was going to school. So you were kinda like the only one home, you and me. So we spent a lot of time together as you know, because your dad was working and it was just you and I. So we had always a really good rapport and um you were cute. You were just, but you were very busy. You were always doing something. I mean, we, yeah. we played a lot. We played a lot of toys. We watched a lot of Scooby Doo, and uh, I don't think you were much into Mister Rogers. I think it was more Sesame Street. And uh, I know we watched. And and then you um, became friends with your best friend Steve. And then there was all kinds of action going on then at that time because you were a little bit older. But you were a good. You were a good baby. You were the third I mean, one. Did I cry? Did I cry a lot? Or no, 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 no. I'll tell you what. The first day we brought you home, we brought you home from the hospital, and uh, we we were we were living in a friend's house because they were overseas, and we had just moved back to the area, and so we needed a place to live. So we were living at their house, and so we brought you home, and I had you in a little baby basket, and your uncle Tom and Aunt Denise and Donnie and Danae came. And Andrew yeah, and Don, cousin. those are your cousins, yeah. Donnie and Danae, or not Donnie, Donnie and Andrew were playing uh, matchbox cars right under your basket, and you never cried. I mean, they were, you know, they were just little boys. They were like about three and six, and they were just playing, and and you never, you know, I never, uh, never not made noise around you because you you could sleep through anything. Yeah, you were good. Uh, you were, but that they brought like, we brought you home. Like and, that. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. still sleep through anything most of the time. I fall asleep on the couch, and I fall asleep in the bed in like two seconds. That's good. That's good. Yeah, you, but you didn't. When you got a little older, you weren't big on naps. I mean, we would start out taking naps, but you didn't always continue. You, I mean, if you slept an hour in the afternoon, that's all you needed. But if the yeah. later in the day that you took a nap, the later at night you stayed up. So we just cut the naps out. Okay. How about as a as a child and a teenager? How would you say I was like as a kid and a teenager? Well, you you and your brother were both involved in a lot of sports. You played Parks and Recs baseball. You played Little League baseball. You played Little League football. 
So we did a lot of spending time at at the baseball park or at the football field, you know. And you and but but you were a very good student too. You were, in fact, if I remember right, I don't know what grade you must have been in about this third or fourth grade, and you were down in the kindergarten room teaching the kindergartners how to use the computer. The teacher sitting yeah. down the yeah yeah. I think I was in about fifth grade when I when I started helping kids with computers. Yeah, yeah, but you were you were you did that. You were a safety, uh, you know, school safety. Yeah. You did. You were involved in church. You like, I mean, you had made you made friends at church. Uh, you were busy. We were always busy because with the three kids, somebody was always, you know, especially in the summer, somebody always had a baseball game or Steph had a softball game. The one thing you did not like to do was when you got a, you were about ten. You were the only one that was home. I mean, young, young enough, Stephanie would have track meets, and I nobody was at home, so I would t you would have to go with me, and you weren't real you weren't real pleased with that because she ran she did track and she did high jump, so it was kind of you had to sit there and watch them. But but oftentimes I'd make arrangement with Steve's mom, and she would always say, "Yeah, send him down because if if I send John down to play with Steve, Steve will play outside. Otherwise, he's in front of the TV all the time." So ah, anyway. you you and you and Steve played outside. That she said you were a good a good guy to go down and play with Steve because he would always he'd be more content playing video games than being outside. Okay. So. Yeah. Can, can you remember the most in trouble I ever got into? Um, I don't think there was any. Oh, well, no, I don't remember this happening, but Andrew says it all the time that you threw snowballs at a car. And you, and I, I, did, you broke, I did. I did. I don't remember that. I don't remember I was about five or six years old, and I think it was either me and Steve, or it might have been me and Matthew Bartlett, another friend of mine, and uh, yeah, we were out throwing throwing uh, big chunks of ice into the road, and a car drove by, and I sort of waited for it, and right when it sort of went right in front of our house, I threw a big chunk of ice, and it hit. I don't know if it broke his windshield or not, but I know it hit, and and the person stopped. And so I, I freaked out and I ran into the house and I ran upstairs and I think the guy came to the door and I, just, don't, I don't think, that. I don't think it busted. I think he just oh. told you, Hey, like your kids are throwing ice at, at passing cars. Yeah. And I, I had trouble that day. I don't, I mean, you know, I probably just got a scolding, but yeah. that was, I do remember that though. Oh, see, I don't, but you know what? We used to, we didn't throw tennis balls at the cars, but the cars used to go down our street pretty fast. And that was one way to deter the people to slow down before they put the signs up, you know, like slow children playing or something, those signs. Yeah. Because they would just drive, it would be, like, I mean, it was a busy street because it was the first street into the subdivision. So they were just, yeah. or they were leaving. And it was, there was only a couple ways out of the subdivision. So our, our street was the one that they used to get to 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 get out of the sub uh, out of the subdivision so oh and the other time I, I don't know this wasn't bad it was we had gone to church on Sunday and come home and my rule was that you were you changed from your Sunday school clothes into your play clothes because you did you had Sunday school clothes and you had play clothes well this particular Sunday you you guys did it you were about four so uh, you went and you changed your clothes. And then around, oh, probably later, it was after lunch, we decided to go downtown Detroit to the tree Christmas tree festival. Well, mm -hmm. I said you couldn't go 
uh, you couldn't go down there with those play clothes on. You had to change your clothes. I had three of the most unhappiest kids in all of Woodhaven <laughs> that day because I switched up the the rules and said, now you have to go put some, you got to put your dress clothes back on because we were, it was uh, a big thing. We didn't want to do that. Nobody wanted to, and I. Your dad got. He wasn't. I don't think so mad at you guys, but oh my God, he lit into Stephanie because she was taking too long, and, and everybody was complaining. But that's probably the worst. I mean, when you were little, those were probably the worst that yeah. I remember. You know, you guys played a lot of wiffle ball in the backyard. I always knew where the kid. I always knew where you were playing because you were playing at my house. Uh, you know, I had more bikes in my driveway than than a bike shop sometimes. So, but. Yeah. Uh, that was good, but and then yeah. when you got bigger, you you did. I don't I don't remember anything that I thought that was you know it was just part of growing up, I guess. Mm-hmm. And in what ways do you think I'm like you? Oh, well, we always have an opinion. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and we speak up, right? Sometimes. I mean, I don't. I don't, I do. I mean, I have my own opinions. I don't always put them out there. Yeah, I mean, mean, sometimes either. I don't always, you know, I don't, I share them with myself maybe more than anybody (laughs) else, you know. (laughs) Yeah, if I'm talking to somebody, I might tell them my opinion, but I might not put it out for everybody to hear. Right, 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 Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. How about the other way? In what ways am I not like you? Oh, you're tall and thin. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. You are, but you're not, you didn't always used to be tall and thin. Yeah, you I used to be a, a little chubby. You had a chubby period. And then one yeah. day you decided you didn't want to be chubby anymore. And that's kind of like myself. When I was about a junior in high school, I was tired of being called chubby and fats and whatever. So I just, it was my, I just lost a lot of weight over the summer and went back like almost like a new person. And kind of you did that too, because you quit eating a lot of junk stuff. So, uh-huh. yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know I was. I was growing up, a lot of that food was around, so I would eat it. But, yeah, I had to stop eating that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you always gave up chocolate for Lent. That was I great. That was, that, I don't know if you do it anymore. I, that was a very determined person. You did that from about the time you, I think, started catechism or something. That, you know, it was something that you were, they told you you had to, you, they would like you to give up something. And that was one of the things you gave up. And you were very, very good about it. You know, most kids mm-hmm. wouldn't have, I don't think a lot of kids would have done that, so. So when I was growing up, you kind of stayed at home, but you also worked, right? Correct. Right. Mm What did you do? Okay. I worked at our church's preschool and uh, two days a week. And then, and then later I worked at, um, but you were already, you were already in middle school, I think by that time when I started working for Hallmark, but that was a part-time job too. So I was always, I was always home. What did you do for Hallmark? What did you do for Hallmark? Oh, for Hallmark, I was the territory assistant, and my job was to teach and train ladies how to put cards up in the card departments in the Kroger's, in the grocery stores, or the department stores, or the, or the pharmacies. That's basically what I did for 19 years. Oh, wow. It doesn't seem like you did it that long, but I guess so. Well, it kind of got, after you guys left, it kind of got to be more, it wasn't really full-time, but I worked every day, and my, my territory was almost from where we were, where we lived in Woodhaven to Monroe and then north to, uh, to Dearborn. That, that was my territory. So I didn't have, I drove a lot around, but I knew where all the grocery stores were and all the department stores and, 
and uh, drugstores were in the in the whole downriver area. So mm. it was a fun job. So uh, I have some more questions here from Brendan. Okay. Uh, okay. What was what was life like when you were my age? So when you were thirty eight, what was your life like when you were thirty eight? Well, we lived in Woodhaven. I had three active kids in school. They were in Cub Scouts. And they were involved in church. They were involved in sports, uh, family obligations. So, uh, and I had the opportunity, I guess, to. I call it an opportunity to stay home and be the mom at home and not be out in the workforce. And so I, and I wanted to be a mom. That was, I have, from the time I was a little girl, I wanted to be a mom. So um, I was so glad that I could stay home and, and take care of, uh, take care of my kids. And we did a lot of fun things, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. but, uh, but, but with those, everybody had activities. So life was pretty busy, um, you know, day after day is there anything you would tell yourself if you were 38 you would tell yourself now is there any advice you would give yourself well this sounds kind of crass but in today's world and the thing way things are going i'm not sure i would have been a mom really right yeah because hmm. i cause, why do you say that well because the world's kind of crappy and uh, you know right. all these things that are going on and now with this corona thing it's like your future, my kids' generation future, doesn't look as bright as my future did when my kids were little. Oh, huh. you get right. it? Yeah, no, I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah, I uh, mean, you know, you you're you're through a lot of things. You go, you know, your life is a is goes up and down, and it's like, oh, not sure. I want my kids to have to go through all of that, but maybe it makes them a better person if they do. But you had stuff going on when you were growing up too, with all you know, civil rights and war and. Yeah, but where I was at, I was pretty distanced from you know, like I mean, it was going on, but it mm -hmm. wasn't like it was in my backyard. You know what I'm saying? It was like ah. we read about it, we saw it on the TV every night, especially Vietnam War. We saw that on the TV every night. There was, but it was like, oh, that's so far away. It really. It really didn't affect me. You know, I did, but it didn't, you know, and mm -hmm. it, it, it was one of the, and I mean, I had a job. I, I worked in Toledo and uh, my family was okay. Nobody was, you know, everybody was doing their own thing. I had two brothers and neither one of them went to Vietnam. So it was like, it really didn't, it was there and it was happening, but it wasn't happening like right next door. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Has there ever been one event that really shook the way you look at the world? No, you know what? I guess I guess I'm kind of the person that says it, that's the way it is. We'll just have to learn to live with it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like okay. I can't do I can't do a lot. I can't do much about a lot of things. I can just you know take them with stride and say, well, that was a learning experience. Um, you know, I hope I learned something from that, but no, I don't think so. Hmm. Is there anything that you would do differently if you could? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, no, uh -uh. no, no, maybe, maybe 
maybe if your dad were still here, we I would like to travel more. But I think I. But that's about all. That's about you know we traveled, but we saw a lot of the Midwest because of the job that he had. He sold computers to the Midwest, so mm-hmm. you know a lot of times we were just part of the 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 trip, the business trip, and he would go do yeah. his thing, and we would we you guys saw a lot of stuff that normal people don't probably realize that's in the Midwest, but you guys saw it. So, yeah. So you wish you could go travel more now? Yeah, I do. I mean, I travel a lot. I travel because I, when I go see my kids, I have to travel because nobody's at home here. So, you know, there's always a nice vacation to Florida. There's always a nice trip to Las Vegas. There's always a, a, a week or two in Toronto with Stephanie. So, you know, I have great places to visit. Yeah. Is it hard having us live far away? No, because you're all doing what you want to do. And I, and I know that, you know, I mean, I, I know that that's the choices that you made and you're all, you know, before this coronavirus, everybody was working and doing, doing what they wanted to do. And that's what they were trained to do. Whereas I don't want to, I wouldn't want to be selfish and say, I hear this often, you know, oh, how do you stand that your kids are so far away? Well, they're all adults. They made adult decisions and they were all good yeah. ones. You know, really? No, I'm happy where they're at. Yeah. They're happy. Would you, but would you like us to be closer? <laughs> uh, I mean, if, nice. we all, if, if we had all the same jobs and we're doing the same thing, but we all oh, live yeah. within an hour you- or two of you. Yeah, that would work. I don't want you next door. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want you. I don't want you in my neighborhood. <laughs> I just would like you. You know, there are times. You know what? Probably the most, the worst, the the times are the holidays. And it's not that we don't yeah. get together on the big holidays, but you know, like 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 the smaller ones or celebrating birthdays or things like that. Those are the things that I miss because nobody's yeah. nobody's around. But you know, nobody. You know that those are the things that that I. I guess I envy other people for because, you know, you can go to your kid's birthday, your grandkid's birthday party, which I do go to the birthday parties, you know, for the kids. I'm usually, I usually get there yeah. for each one of them. So Yeah, it's hard for you because your birthday's in December. And so when I do come home, it's usually for Christmas or close right. to it. Right. It's hard to be right. home for both. Right, 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 oh. right, right. So, but it's okay. I mean, you know, I, I, I adjusted. It's just, that's just part of me, you know, it's like, I can't, I can't control you because you're all adults and you all, and I am, I'm very proud of everything that each and every one of you do. So it's like, um, you, you're doing what you like to do that, that, and yeah. that makes your life happier too. It makes you, you feel good. So. Yeah. Uh, is, is there, is there a memory of your mom that you'd like to revisit? Oh, my mom, you would have liked my mom. You guys never met my mom, but she was pretty straightforward pretty much you know she she um what she said is what she did she she made rules and and uh let's let's follow the rules because that's what the rules are all about yeah yeah my mom was yeah. a good mom my mom when we were when your dad and I got engaged we didn't have even a date set for the wedding but we did make we did have a date set well I got the engagement ring on christmas and we were married the following may and in january of that year she she said she was going to make my dress, which I knew. She made my wedding dress. She not only made my wedding dress, she made all the bridesmaids' dresses, which were four of them. She made the flower girl's dress. She made the girl that sang in the wedding's dress. 
and she finished. I was making the suit for my nephew because he was going to be the ring bearer. I, I started it, but she didn't like the way I was doing it. So she took it and finished that. So, But my mom made all of that, plus her own dress. So it was like, oh. you know, and she and we she started in January and she made a like a fake dress for me to make sure that the pattern that I chose was was right. And then we went actually we came to Detroit to Hudson's and I bought the fat. We got the fabric and the trim and all the lace. And uh, we went to North. I think it's Northtown. No, wasn't no. What it, well, Hudson's is a department store, and, and the other place is a mall. North, yeah. North Town's a mall. It was. Yeah. But uh, but we we but she had them all done before. I mean, like probably mid March, everything was done. And I mean, she made like I say five, four or five bridesmaids' dresses, uh, the wedding singer's dress because I knew her and she was a friend of mine, and then the flower girls. So, and then the day of the wedding. When we went to decorate the hall, she just went out in the garden and picked the fresh, the the spring flowers, and we had little bouquets on the table. I mean, because I didn't, I used the florist for my bouquets and the girls' bouquets, but the tables needed something, so she went out and we went out and gathered flowers in her yard and my grandma's yard and probably a neighbor's yard, just so we would have uh, flowers on the table. So yeah, oh. yeah. Yeah. Wait, Dad yeah. asked you to marry him on Christmas Day? No, no, no. I, oh. He had asked me earlier, and I told him I didn't. I didn't really need a diamond. I just wanted a gold band. But then I changed my mind, and he bought <laughs> me. Then he bought me an engagement ring. So uh, he gave me the engagement ring at Christmas. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And and, All and right. my mom, I think she liked your dad more than I did because she he was like her 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 idol, you know, and. When it was my birthday, it was that year. It was my birthday. No, it must have been the first, the first winter or the fall when I was dating him. He he sent me a dozen red roses, and it's and I lived in the country, so they had to deliver those roses. And when they got to the house, we had this little porch on the back of the house, and she set them on the porch so that they would so they would stay nice. And then went and she hid them behind the door. So that when I came home from work, she says, oh, there's a present out there for you on the porch. And there was a dozen red roses from your dad mm. for me for my birthday. So uh, he was a he was a flower guy. Yeah. <laughs> Flowers and yeah. cards. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Is there anything is there anything you'd wish you'd asked your mom before she passed away? Um, well, you know what? Not really. Um. I think the probably the thing that we didn't do was we didn't talk a lot about family history. Because, uh -huh. I mean, there's just things that I think we would have liked to have known that we didn't ask her about because I just I lived in a community where a lot of relatives live. My grandmother was one of eight and my grandpa was one of five on my mom's side, on my dad's side. My grandma was one of nine and my grandpa was an only child. So, but I mean, there was all kinds of relatives and most of those relatives stayed in the area. So there was always, you know, relatives and we had family reunions and, but there's a lot of things, you know, that just family issues, like how'd my grandma and grandpa get here? They, Cause they came from Germany, not my grandma and grandpa, but the great grandparents came from Germany. Like where my cousins have done, you know, the genealogy stuff, but I think, it would have been really nice to hear some of the stories because I do know what the one story is. My mom said she never spoke any English. She spoke all German 
till she got to school at the one room school just down the road, you know. And my oh, mom wow. was the only one of her sisters and brothers that graduated from high school. Really? And my my mom was the oldest, and but mm. my her sisters and brothers, none of them graduated from high school. My mom was the only one because I think one aunt decided uh, she, she was supposed to change schools. My mom went to one school and then they, the rule was that her sister had to go to another one because they changed the lines or something. And the other one got married and her brother was, he was, um, he was in the military. He was in, he was in the Korean war. I, no, he was in world war two. So, but I mean, you know, my mom was the only one in her family that graduated from high school. That's mm. kind of that in 1930, that was the year she graduated from high school. Huh. So all right, I, I don't have too many more questions. I got okay. three more here. So, okay. so have you have you ever been really worried about me? Um, probably I, when I, you were in England, when you were in you know Manchester, because yeah. you were you were far from home and you were and you were okay. But I I don't think we your dad and I didn't anticipate. Um, how much we would miss you, you know. I mean, we all we miss all our kids, but yeah, you know, because yeah, you were was, you were, so you were the last one home. Four months. Yeah, I was yeah. there for four months on a on a school exchange program, and so yeah, I was gone for several months. And I know you, and I couldn't, you know, but you were always fun because when, when you get back, I think that's when the band started. Uh, no, I played before that. Yeah, we yeah. played. Before. Yeah, but the band played at our basement. That's true. My uh, band played in, in our basement. So, so for you, what would your perfect day be like? Oh, my perfect day would be um, I would get up and my kids would all be home and we would have a big breakfast or we could uh -huh. go to Kate's Kitchen for breakfast. We left our favorite one of our favorite places. And then we do um, that. We would go to Cedar Point. Oh, OK. That's a so music. Park in Ohio. The whole family would go to to um, to Cedar Point, and then we would spend the day there, and we'd spend the night down there, and come back. That would be a good day. That would be fun. All right. be Maybe fun we can day. make that happen if if, uh, if they reopen this year. I would love that. Just just spending time with you. You know, one of the best times was the year we had the Fourth of July party at the house uh -huh. on Foxcroft, and all yeah. the everybody was home. The best part of that party was we had egg toss or water balloon. One of the two. One of the two. And there was at least 20 couples out in the front yard tossing, tossing eggs. I think it was water balloons. I think it was water balloons. And John and Leanne were the two that ended up tossing right. them the farthest apart. And the neighbors right. all came out. It was so much fun. Those are fun days, you know, unplanned yeah. fun days. Mm-hmm. So this is the last question. It's kind of a dark question. It's kind of a sad question, but Brendan has it on here. Uh, okay, what Brendan. Do want, <laughs> what, what do you want your funeral to be like? Oh, I want lots of people. I want, <laughs> okay. I want the church packed. I always tell people, I want, if there's not enough people inside the church, and my church is right on Fort Street, which is a busy street, you go out and flag them in, because I want I want lots of people there. And, and afterwards, okay. we'll... Yeah. Oh, I've thought of that. It hasn't been planned yet, but uh, I and I'm going to sing the songs I want to hear. You're going to sing them, or are no? You gonna I'm have... going to have people. Okay. I'm going to have. We're going to sing the songs that I like, not some old drudgy funeral song. We're going to sing okay. the, the the songs that I like. 
Well, you better write those down just in I case. Will. I All will. Right. I will. I will. And I want you to do a, a eulogy because you did a great okay. job for your dad. All that right. was, people still talk about that. They All do. right. They really do. I mean, it was a good, but, but yeah. Oh yeah. I thought about that, but I want lots of people there. So okay. you're hearing it maybe for the first time. So you'd stand out there and flag them people in on Fort street All because right. we'll, uh, invite, we'll invite everybody we know. That'll be good. That'll be shoot. Half of my people, half of my friends will probably be gone. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but I know my kids had a lot of friends and I've always had, True. you know, and I would like my boys there. I mean, I had my own boys, but I had other boys that I always treated like my boys. So I want those boys there, too. All right. They'll be there. Yeah. Okay. You make sure. You make sure. All right, Mom. I got to wrap right. it up. Okay. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, wait a minute. I want to show you my picture. Okay. Oh, there. that's a good picture of me. It is. You were about All a right. year old. Yeah, it was a picture of me with a goose. A duck. Well, I said it was a duck. Leanne said it was a goose. No, it's a duck. Okay. I got All another right. one. I got another one. You'll it's like this one. Fake duck, though. But oh yeah, I like that. It's so sophisticated. It's you are. A turtleneck and a sweater. Oh yeah, you were. Yes, you were. That was. And then this is the last one because I thought I better include oh. this one too. Oh yeah, it's me uh, graduating from high school. Okay, I had a lot more, but I like these three the best. So, but the the one with the little white sweater on that was that was good. That was good. Nice sweater, I like it. Yeah, you were so cute. I still am. I know you're handsome. Yeah, you are. All right, I'm gonna let you go, mom. Okay, thanks. Have a good day. Right, love you. Love you. All bye right, bye. I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye bye. All right, bye.